You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show podcast, episode 350. You can find information on anything referenced in this episode at thejoyjunkie.com slash 350. You're listening to The Joy Junkie Show, your source for getting your shit together in love and life. Wouldn't it suck if I really talk like that? I'm Mr. Smith. I'll be hanging out on the show with you guys. So without further ado, here's your host, life coach, speaker, all-around badass, just happens to be my beautiful bride, Amy E. Smith. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Mine wore off. Please don't take my sunshine. Please don't take my sunshine. Please don't take my sunshine. Take my sunshine. So, the Smiths got a hold of a helium balloon. Helium balloon. <laughs> we did this years ago. <laughs> it was a while. What were those balloons? We had balloons for something. It was a birthday balloon for me from my brother. Oh, so this is another birthday balloon. So earlier earlier this week, I saw the the birthday balloon like floating in our living room, and I was like, you know what that <laughs> you know what that has got its name written all over it is the pod. Yes, the audience will appreciate it for yes. sure. So we hope we hope you appreciate that. We hope that brought some sunshine to you. <laughs> People were probably like, wait a minute. It sounds like she's going really <laughs> it fast. It sounds like the chipmunks, but I don't Well, know. Y- when you hear that voice, you expect the, like the, the track to up. go fast. Right, yeah. right, right, right. But all right. <laughs> so we're going to talk to you today about the difference between fear, the emotion of fear or the sensation, the primitive response of fear, mm. and inner critic. How are they related? How are they different? And then how do we manage them? Ooh, that's some uh, technical nuance shit. That's right. That's right. But of course, of course, we have to have a special... I'm lightheaded right now. Like, are you? There's On like the ringing in my ears. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I hope I don't get that. Oh my God. This, maybe this I'm is fine like, right now, but now I'm worried. Maybe we were a lot younger when we did... <laughs> Middle-aged conversations. This is a middle-aged conversation. Middle-aged conversation. <laughs> Which is also a Paula Abdul song. <laughs> that makes us middle-aged. <laughs> wow. X-Gen be like. Okay. So we have a segment that you do. Yes. And we like to call it. Would you rather... So I think we might as well do it with the rest of this helium, yeah? That's a shit ton of helium that's Let's left in there. Let's see if I there. can suck it up. Okay, suck it up. Suck it hard, Mr. Smith. <laughs> okay, would you rather learn what? sword swallowing or learn fire breathing? Did you say sword swallowing? Sword. <laughs> sword swallowing. <laughs> and not that kind of sword swallowing, you dirty, dirty people. Wait, it's wait. what is it again? Sword swallowing. I know, or the other one. Or fire breathing. Okay. It's starting to wear off. It's starting to wear off. I, I feel like I'm uh, at that puberty level where my voice dropped low and high at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Ooh, that one made me a little dizzy, though. See, it's and and we're because we're in the bougie beige fuzzy. podcast room. We're like hotboxing ourselves with helium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So we're helium breathing, not fire breathing. 
Okay, so would I is it learning the skill set? Yeah. Would you rather learn to sword swallow? <laughs> Stop saying that. Or fire breathe. Ah. They both seem extremely menacing and dangerous. <laughs> menacing. For they do seem dangerous, yeah. I and mean, that's kind of the point. Being right? the incredible rule follower that I am hmm. and just safety first at all times, I have a really hard time with this. Yeah. But I think because <laughs> I've okay, so here's where I go. I'm like, well, I feel like the fire breathing is more of an optical. Like, whoa, oh my gosh, that's so incredible. It's much more like visually impressive. But I don't think it's as much of a challenge Not to learn. Dangerous. But then I wonder what sort of chemicals do you have to have yeah. in order to execute that? Yeah. Because that then that makes me like, shit, am I going to grow like a third arm out of the side of my head or something? <laughs> you very well might. But then you might grow a sword out of your stomach too. But so. that seems like the... The propensity to actually puncture something on the way down right. seems like it seems like there can't be any trial and error. Can't and be you any don't like know right away learning like, process. You could cut something and be like, "Oh, that was great," and then internally bleed. Right. You know, and like that's dangerous. Like, if you burn your you know nose hairs, you're or gonna your eyebrows. Know. You're gonna know. I just don't have nearly enough information to make this decision. <laughs> So how much information do you need? I need to know more about the chemical situation with fire breathing. I don't know what they breathe. You I'm know, sure it's like uh, like some kind of – Because think about how like every dude in high school always tries to light their farts on fire. <laughs> yeah, that's me- that's methane. Well, I wonder methane. if there's something – there's something toxic it seems. Are you fact-checking it right now? I am. While you're fact-checking that, let's tell everybody about After Hours. Let's do it. After hours. Nice save. Nice save. So what we talk about every Monday in our After Hours community, which is our Facebook group, we talk about the would you rather and everybody has to give their reasons why and they kind of advocate for their choice and Mr. Smith cracks the whip on any loopholes or anything like that. But it's really funny to hear people's rationale. There were some loopholes last week for sure. That's right. So if you want in and you want to come hang out with us, we do additional trainings every month. We do Warm Fuzzy Wednesdays. It's a really great group of people, just camaraderie and support and only love and support. It's just amazing. And if you want to come hang out with us, go to thejoyjunkie.com slash club. It redirects you right over to Open our corner door. of the internet. What would you find? Uh, I found that due to its relatively safe flashpoint, paraffin – or highly purified lamp oil is, is what they the use. preferred fuel. Although cornstarch has been cited as a non-toxic fuel. But the hazards of inhalation increase the potential risk of lung infections. See? So, but you're, I mean, think about swallow, swallowing a sword. Oh, my God. I want to slap <laughs> you in the face when you say that. <laughs> I just want to do a roundhouse kick. Just Why smack are you enunciating the W? <laughs> <laughs> I just want to... <laughs> <laughs> We're not promoting physical violence. Everybody calm down. No, not at all. Or promoting either of these without no. supervision of an adult. 
well, just, that knows how to do it. Just a professional. No, we're just adult. not advocating it ever. Just I don't. would do it. I would do both of those. Of course, you if would. if I learned the right way to do it. Of course, would you it. would. Yeah. But I feel also kind of like a fire breather is external. It's like outside of the body versus. <sighs> yeah, you'd like blow it up. Nice. You like that? I do. I do. <laughs> you came with so many good sound effects. I really appreciate that. <laughs> Well, I think I'm going to go with fire, even though I'm a little concerned about the chemical compounds. But what would you pick? I'm going to go with fire breathing, too. Just really? I, I think it it's one of those things that has more wow power and less, uh, you know, like swallow, swallowing a sword. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> it kind of has an ick factor. Yeah. Right? Like, uh it's more of that like skin crawl, like no, right? But then it is like, wow. Fire breathing is like whoa, shit! Did you see, see that? Yeah, that was amazing. So All I right, think I'm gonna go with fire breathing. So both Smiths, 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 Smiths pick sword swallowing. No, no, you just wanted to say that, you fucker. <laughs> Fire breathing. And we want to hear what you would rather. So please come hang out with us over at thejoyjunkie.com slash club in the After Hours community. Club it up. All right. So let's talk about something way more serious than that. Yeah, way more serious. Yes. It's so crazy that that's the format of this show. <laughs> that we just get crazy stupid in the beginning and then get right down to business? Yeah. Get just like, <laughs> like just screech to a halt. All right. So- this is something that I hear and see in the personal development space a lot, and I think it can be really helpful to understand the difference between fear and your inner critic. Mm, yeah. Because we, we've talked about it a handful of times on the show of how people experience inner critic in a different way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's more visceral, more of an emotion. Some people really hear literal words mm -hmm. in their mind. Sometimes it's just like an overarching essence or concept that they feel is true. Yeah. So we have all of these sort of different vehicles to access what is the fuel that's driving the car, so to speak. Because what your inner critic is, is going to be about is keeping you safe, which what that means is our mind knows two things, knowns and unknowns. So yeah. if something is unknown to us, like, for example, I don't know how to believe in myself. I don't know how to not cling to perfectionism or overachieving or the only thing I know is people-pleasing. The mind registers doing something different than that as danger. Hmm. And that's when the inner critic comes in. We get the feeling of fear or the sound of inner critic. So we'll unpack that a little bit more. Okay. okay. So before we jump in, I have I just kind of have about three points here today. But before we do, I want to just dismantle the difference between the two. So first, fear is actually an emotion. And you could also refer to it as a biological response. Okay. We are only born with two fears. Everything else is learned. Everything else is learned. So we are obviously we're born with the feelings of fight and flight, you know, our survival mechanism, fight, yeah. flight, freeze. Mm -hmm. I just learned this, that, oh, I've mentioned this before on the show, fight the new modern – the new fight, the new modern iteration of fight is anxiety. Really? 
And the new modern iteration of uh, flight, fleeing, is depression. That's one of the reasons why people go to sleep when they're really depressed. They're like trying to flee. They're trying to get away. And one of the modern iterations of freeze is procrastination. Mm. Because you think about how our – That's a great way to put it. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, I love it. Because you think about right now – when we have an altercation, let's say, with a boss, and your instinct, your primitive instinct would be to fight, would be to slap him or, you know, you feel as though you are in imminent danger. Yeah. But you don't actually physically fight. You incur anxiety. Interesting. Isn't that fascinating? Mm, the plot thickens. Right. So fear is both an emotion and a biological response. Now, what we need to know about both fear and the inner critic is that they are trying to keep you safe. Yeah, They're registering status quo mm-hmm. and then any foreign invaders. So that is also why, and we talk about this a lot in Deep Down and Dirty, that when we introduce a new idea, a brand new idea, which is not known – It's not registering as a known. A new idea of I am enough or I am valuable or I am capable of making challenging decisions. If that's not what's already anchored into your subconscious, everything in your body, your mind, that critical factor of the mind, which is inner critic, goes, fuck no. Fuck no, you're not enough. We don't know how to be that. That Mm -hmm. is dangerous. Abort mission. Go back to people-pleasing. Takes you out of homeostasis, at least the perceived homeostasis. That's exactly right. And everyone's homeostasis is different, and it's based off of what you developed uh, as beliefs, usually between the ages of zero and eight. Mm. And then we accumulate more as we go through, but that gets kind of ascribed into our subconscious mind and then we don't even realize it and then we go through life supporting whatever those beliefs are yeah which is exactly what deep down and dirty does is dismantling and altering how you have believed your entire life what's deep down and dirty well i'm I'm, you're fake (laughs) what is this what is this deep down and dirty you speak of i've never heard of this is so this thing captivating (laughs) Tell me more about this triple D. <laughs> Deep Down and Dirty is my signature program. It's the only way that I work with clients. The and only way. It, well, I got really clear about this a couple of years ago. I had a handful of small programs, like maybe three weeks or by one session, that kind of a thing. Uh-huh. And I got really clear that I only wanted to work in transformation. And if we think about even what we're talking about today – that accumulated over years. Your current set of affairs, how you believe, how you operate, the fuel in the car accumulated over many, many years. So I felt like it was negligent to continue to do just like a three-week class and, mm-hmm. and hope that people change. And I feel like part of what really creates lasting change is a longer program. Yeah. So I threw everything into it, and it's really designed for exactly what we're talking about here. People who are chronically self-doubting, 
high overachievers where you tend towards perfectionism or control, extreme people pleasing or investment in what other people think. And usually the nucleus behind all of that stuff is it is a deep-seated belief that I don't matter. I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I'm not mm. valuable. And we that was formed. We can change it. We can actually create something completely different. And that's due to neuroplasticity, which I won't get into today. But okay. it just means yeah, – basically means you can – Teach an old dog new tricks. You actually mm -hmm. can. Mm -hmm. So whatever your current state of affairs, your body and your mind is anchoring it in as truth because it's registered as known. It's registered as safe. Not necessarily registered as a positive or a negative, but that we know how to people please. We uh, know how to perfect. So let's stay here. The road more traveled. I've, I've always thought this. I've always been curious about why they didn't study this more. But when you're doing um, a study, you have test groups and then you have your um, – oh, my God. What are they called? Con is it a, a control, control group. A control group. Right? And they're usually placeboed. Yep. Right? They're given a sugar pill or whatever it might be. That, But it's not the medication that they're taking if it's a medical study. Right. And that is not what they're studying. That's just the base group that they're like, these amount of people of this group got a result from eating sugar. But the medication got a result of this, right? Right. They're talking about the placebo effect. Right. The placebo effect is so powerful. It is. And it is. they should be studying why did that guy's blood pressure change when he had a sugar pill? Right? right. Not let's give him this medication to stop the high blood pressure, right? I always thought, why didn't they go the other way with that? Right. So it kind of falls into what you're talking about because the placebo is so powerful and our minds are so powerful. They can change a lot about us. That's right. So for us to be able to change is obvious. Well, and what you're pointing to here with placebo is belief. Mm -hmm. That's, That's what right. it comes down to yeah. is they believe yes. that this could potentially heal me. That's right. So send in all of the things, all of the physiological, biological responses to make that happen. Yeah. It's unbelievably powerful. It's very powerful, yeah. I so, I mean, and that's one of the reasons, too, why we spend – two solid weeks on beliefs, mm. but we add a hypnosis element to help anchor into the subconscious. I mean, it's it's no joke. Yeah. And it's also the reason why it's very common for people to read self-help books or, you know, listen to podcasts here and there, but nothing really changes because you consciously understand, but you're not making the subconscious rewiring in the brain. Mm -hmm. All right. So I'm not going to get too much further into that. But if you are interested in Deep Down and Dirty and you want to hear more about it, the best option for you is I've created a completely free workshop. You can find it at thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. And I talk all about this stuff, all about subconscious versus conscious, why collecting self-help hasn't worked up until this point, uh, all of the things <laughs> that interfere with with relinquishing that self-doubt, truly believing that you're enough. So again- Kind of an FAQ, if you will. It is, but it, it's yeah. a full-blown workshop. So have your pen and paper ready for you. Okay. And 
at the very end of that workshop, you will, if you want to talk to somebody specifically about Deep Down and Dirty and what you are contending with personally, you'll have an opportunity to book a, a completely free consult with a session, complete session with a team member of mine. But the first step is watch the workshop, thejoyjunkie.com slash workshop. Yes. Okay. So fear is that emotional and by bi- and or biological response the inner critic is more of the voice it's what you hear going off in your mind all right oftentimes in personal development because they are so closely tethered meaning if you hear a negative voice in your head saying that's not possible for you or you're not enough or you're damaged, it usually is accompanied by a subsequent emotion. Sometimes it's fear. Yeah. Sometimes it's sadness. Sometimes it's shame, embarrassment, whatever else it might be. But most of the time, our emotions are quite closely connected hmm. with what we're saying in our mind. So really, it doesn't matter truly where the vehicle is where the entry point is. If it if it enters through fear, great. I'm going to talk about that. <laughs> if it enters through a, like a vernacular or a phrasing in your mind, mm-hmm. then you follow that path. And we'll talk about what that really looks like. Okay. Okay. So before we do that, I want to just talk about a major place where they show up together. Okay. And this, I think, everybody can relate to at some point, and it is the what ifs. Mm. What if I fail? What if I succeed? What if I don't ever find someone? What if I'm alone? What if they don't like me? What if I get rejected? What if they find me out? What if I'm too fat? What if I'm too skinny? Like just the fucking what ifs. Yeah, yeah. I go through that myself. I have those feelings. Everybody does. Well, and if you think about it, when we're looking at this defense mechanism, going into that what ifs is a place for us to defend and protect ourselves. Because right. we go, okay, if I can forecast all the possible dangers, <laughs> then maybe I can come out on top. It's a survival tool. Yeah. But it comes with the emotion of fear. It comes with us feeling anxious, right? It comes with all the modern iterations. Mm-hmm. Anxiety, depression, procrastination. Yeah. Which usually infringes on us having the things in our life that we actually want to have. Right. So unless you are in clear and present danger, like what if that bear mauls me right now? (laughs) What if this intruder stabs me? Then it's not a matter of going into a fight-flight response. Okay. So it's definitely there for a reason, right? Anyone who's been in a really terrible situation like that will tell you something kicks in to help you survive. Yeah. But not being liked by your boss is not that situation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So we don't need to go into that what if, what right. if, what if, what if, what if. We don't need to. In fact, it infringes on us being able to have a really powerful solution around how to deal with that boss, right. how to deal with your friend, how to deal with mom or dad. I think just having that awareness that you don't have to go into that is powerful. Yes. Right? When I realized that, I kind of went, 
Oh, (laughs) like if somebody's coming at you and threatening your physicality, be afraid, be scared. That's fine. That's a part of your body protecting you. But if you're so concerned about what somebody's thinking of you, you're actually, your, your physicality is not in danger. Yeah. Your mental health is. Let me just add something. Okay. I have a client who I feel is going through very similar things, but they're manifesting physically. Oh, for sure. She's having atrocious shoulder pain, but- she um, is so overworked and so afraid of not getting things done and that uh, what she does do in work is not enough for her boss and for her, you know, yep. to get noticed and get promoted and all those things. She has protected her heart by mm. closing her shoulders together. And she to add to that, she's very active. So she's doing a lot of weightlifting and things like that. Now, you put your shoulders in that very forward curled position and do weights, your shoulder's not in a position to handle that weight. Right. And those tendons and joints and everything that's in there is not ready for the load. They're not in the right place for the load. Right. Right. So it manifests physically. Yes. Right. It becomes a physical issue, but it's actually a mental issue at the heart of it. Yes. Right. Yes, 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 yes. This is why I love to say that if you do not process emotional feelings, they will oftentimes manifest as physical feelings. Absolutely. So what she is experiencing, and that would be an entry point, my guess is extreme overwhelm and stress. Those are emotional feelings. So what do we do to try to stop them? A lot of times we try physical feelings. Let me eat. Or let, or let me work it out. Let, let me get me, on a treadmill and just run my heart out. Right. Let me do a hard workout. Yeah. Let me have sex with somebody to yeah. forget. Yeah. We we search out physical, you know, let me drink. Mm-hmm. Let me smoke weed. Let me do whatever to not to experience a physical feeling change to quell an emotional feeling issue. Yeah. I mean, I could go on and on about emotional yeah, intelligence. I'm Poor sure. Mr. Smith, like I'm always yelling at the TV, <laughs> like this is why we need emotional intelligence <laughs> taught in schools. But I feel very, very strongly about it because this is what a majority of the population thinks is I have a shoulder issue. Yeah. And so, no, no, no. You have an overwhelm issue yeah. that is also likely – so you have an emotional issue that is in tandem with how you speak to yourself because guaranteed mm. her self-talk is – I have to do this. There's yeah. no other option. This is the only way I can succeed. I'm not enough. I'm Her, Hers is, I'm an A-type person, mm-hmm. right? She leans on that A-type personality trait, right. right? Yes. That's her crutch is, well, I'm an A-type personality, so of course I'm going to do that. And I, I did that a lot of times with perfectionism. Yeah. Don't wear those badges <laughs> like they're a badge of honor. Right. They are not. If it is arresting your... Uh, development, if it's arresting you going forward and having the things in your life, stop claiming monikers like that that are locking you into behavioral patterns and emotions you don't want to experience. Stop saying that. Stop identifying and putting a label on your lapel of I am type A. Well, good fucking for you. How's that working out? (laughs) Right, right. How's that shoulder pain working out? And I say that with the utmost compassion because I am she. Right. Right? Like I am she. So- Oh, fuck. Where was I? I Where were you? We were talking about Triple D and got crazy. I got worked up. Okay. No, the what ifs. So here's- Oh, yeah. What ifs. Yeah, yeah. Here's- And and she could be experiencing that. 
You know, she could be going into like, what if I don't get that done? What if I don't mm-hmm. get this promotion? What if I blah, 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 all the things. One of the tools that you can use is what I like to call good what if, bad what if. Okay. Because oftentimes what we do is instead of going into a realistic what if, we go into detrimental, <laughs> catastrophic what if. Worst if lava bursts from the ground right now kind of things, right? Worst case yeah. scenario, what ifs. So you can change this to – because they say – I don't know who they is, but they – The ominous they. The, the, yeah. The, they say that whatever we are thinking of in our mind, like worst case scenario or best case scenario, it's usually something kind of in between. Yep. That's usually what pans out for a majority of people a majority of the time. <laughs> That's true. So you can use good what if or realistic what if, depending on what feels the most distracting and and empowering in your mind. So the idea behind it, for those of you who go into that bad what ifs where you're experiencing both the fear, emotional response, and the narrative of the inner critic in your mind. hmm If that is you, try distracting your mind instead of going down that vortex because it feeds it. It feeds itself. And it just keeps gathering steam. It's like a snowball. It's a cancer. (laughs) It's like a cancer. (laughs) So if you can stop yourself and go, okay, what if good? What are some good things that could happen? What if my boss really loves this presentation? What if I've knocked it out of the park? Yeah. What if – it's just another presentation. That would be more of like a realistic what if. <laughs> yeah. So you can yeah. go into the fantasy world, which I love to do as somebody who's highly visual, highly artistic and creative. When I want to distract my mind, I'll go into a, like a fantasy world of what if I meet somebody at the bank who wants to give me a book deal, like a triple book deal? And then what if they actually know Oprah? And then what if Oprah wants me to be on Super Soul Sunday as a regular? And what? Super Soul Sunday. <laughs> Did you even know that's a thing? I had no idea. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> no, it really is a thing. I know. Now. I know that now. <laughs> I know that now. I know that now. So – I, w- I love that because guess what? As I'm creating that fantasy in my head, I'm not doing the opposite. Mm-hmm. I'm not stressing about another scenario that's incredibly unlikely to happen. You go the road less traveled, right? Is that kind of the bring it back to the neural pathway? Exactly. So if that feels too hyperbolic and dramatic, go to a realistic what if. What is the average turn of events that could happen? <laughs> If I wasn't, if I was going to pull it back a notch from being so dramatically bad, right? what would be just like an average outcome? Mm-hmm. So let's say you've been stressing about a presentation for your boss, let's say, because okay. we've been kind of using that. Yep. There's a myriad of different ways that that could go. But if you were going to do what if average, it could be, I give the presentation Nobody is that invested. I was way more invested than everybody else. And they say, great job, and we go back to work. Right? That would be a what if average. Yeah. If it was a what if fantasy or what if good, you could do something like, what if they want to promote me? What if they want to give me half the business? What if I present it? Yeah. I present it to the board and they have their – 
the boss's cousin is in and he's gorgeous and he wants to take me out on a date as well. And then we get married and then we, they want us to open up a new chapter in Bali. And then like you can keep. I love it. You can keep going. It's a great uh, exercise of the imagination too. But in you the opposite direction. What You have to look at it for what it is. And what it is is a distraction mm. because I sure as shit would rather manifest that yes. than manifest the horrible option. Absolutely. The catastrophic option. Yeah. All right. So that's number one. Play around with the what if tool. Number two, pay attention to both fear and the inner critic. And this is what I was talking about earlier, where you look for the entry point. Sometimes you are going to feel the feeling of trepidation, nervousness, anxiousness, overwhelm. Those are all tied to fear. You're going to feel that feeling first. I do this a lot where I have to go, why am I feeling this way? And I have to excavate what is behind, what's the notion or concept or wording behind what I'm feeling. And I'll go, oh, I know what it was. I just saw that so-and-so online looks like they're so incredibly successful. And what I'm doing is making that mean that I can't be, you know, a world-renowned speaker the way I would really like to be. Mm -hmm. So, but it it doesn't always come to me in words. It doesn't always come to me in the inner critic voice of you're never going to amount to anything. Mm. It doesn't come to me that way. Yeah. It's usually a sinking feeling in my gut, an overwhelming um, kind of a, a push on my shoulders. I feel it a lot in my solar plexus. You do. Yeah, that's your spot. Everybody feels it differently. So sometimes you will feel it physically, but it's an emotional reaction. Mine's low back. Is it? One of my main places, yeah. And neck. But low back, yeah. But I'm sure – I know some people that hold it in their forearms because they have trouble letting go of things or in their feet because they're not grounded or they don't understand or, yes. you know, whatever. Like the body parts are – they are a parallel. truth teller yep. to what is happening inside of you for sure. Absolutely. I'm so glad – we didn't really anticipate your acumen to be something that added so much to – to this podcast, but it really is so helpful to hear, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad to hear because that. a lot of our society says, "Oh, you have an earache, go get that fixed right. with an ear doctor." Yes, go, and that's in hypnosis. A lot of times, what I do with people is there there will be a physical manifestation like I can't sleep mm-hmm. or extreme anxiety um, of, for example, flight anxiety, being afraid to fly. Yeah, that shit happened based off of something emotional. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, it didn't, you don't just get these physical ailments. I mean, sometimes you do, sometimes you do, but I love that there's this like direct parallel between our work. Absolutely. It's, it's I pretty think cool. We, um, as a Western medicine society, get tied into the pills, knives, and needles. Yes. Right? Those are our three go tos pills, knives, needles, pills, knives, needles. That's, that's the answer to everything. And a lot of times when you really look at it deeper and you really see the person and not just the injury, you see a whole lot more about what's happening with that person. Yeah. That's why I love so much that the work that you and I do are not about just treat the symptom. Yeah. It's about fix the underlying issue. Yeah. Let's get to the bottom of this. But the problem, and this is another reason why Deep Down and Dirty is like almost four months, is it's not like taking a pill and being done. Right? You don't get that instant grad. You have to be in it. For that rewiring. Absolutely. You have to be in it, but it's possible. But I think that also, um, as practitioners, what that does is it makes us 
more in tune with that person because we know they're all in. Right. They have made that decision to be all in. Yep. And it makes us go, okay, let's do this. Yes. <laughs> right? So right. It, it puts everybody in a place of of uh, of uh, success. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Okay. So pay attention to your entry point and then work with that entry point. So if it's, for example, that the one I was sharing just a second ago, if you see something online and your heart falls and you don't necessarily get the words in your head of you're not enough or look how successful they are, you're just a hack job or whatever, but you feel that physical feeling, excavate for what's behind it. Ask yourself, is there a fear element here? Is there a fear of failure? Is there something that I am not at peace with within myself that I then made it mean something about some sort of correlation with that other human? Yeah. It's a law of association. If it is the self-talk, I'm going to link to another self-talk pod that we've done, like an inner shit talker pod, because your inner talk is something that's with you 24-7. Absolutely. It's something that you have to monitor and work with. I mean, you can think about it as like thought management. When I was, I kind of had this idea when I was doing theater a lot a few years back, when I would have to figure out what my character was doing mm-hmm. when I wasn't speaking, I scripted my thoughts. I went, okay, here's what I'm going to consciously think about. When I'm on this side of the stage before I go enter over there. So think about that now. Can you script your thoughts? If you were to see yourself at work, what would you want that girl to be thinking, that woman to be thinking when she's sitting at her desk or when she's giving that presentation or when he's having a conversation with his wife? What do you what would you want to script the thoughts as? Mm. And then for nice. for more in-depth with that, you can certainly watch the workshop that we talked about, but we'll link to, uh, like I said, a podcast in the show notes. That just reminds me of some movie where someone can imagine themselves, you know, yeah. outside of their body. Yes. Creating something. Yeah. Anyway. We we can all do that. I mean, it, right. that's back to the placebo. If yeah. you, can, you can think yourself into healing. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what. We do. So why wouldn't you be able to think yourself into not being a perfectionist or exactly. liking yourself or letting go of external needs to yes. feel self-worth or all those things that you work with? Yeah. It's it. What's crazy, I think, is it's mostly butting up against the Western methodology right. of just symptom treat the symptom. Mm-hmm. And it take, it's also tricky when it's your mind because your mind's also working kind of against you. You know, sure. that inner critic is going, no, 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 that's, that's unsafe. And you have to keep having, it's almost like you have this conversation with yourself back and forth, like, nope, that's not helpful. That's not helpful. That's not helpful. Yeah, right, right. But it's a rewiring. So okay. anyway. Okay. And then number three is to choose an alternative focus. And this is essentially what we're talking about with the self-talk, working with either consciously dealing with the feeling or consciously dealing with an alternative with self-talk. So this is another sort of distraction method. If you are, for example, feeling very like the emotional sense of fear and you've been really stressed out about a conversation at work or a conversation with your partner Mm -hmm. and it has just been kind of weighing on your spirit, 
do something that lightens your emotional frequency. So playing music, having a playlist that's all about pumping you up and optimism and happiness and joy. Okay. Watch stuff that is hilarious. Watch YouTube videos that just make you laugh your ass off. Change Mm -hmm. that emotional frequency. Hmm. Uh, Sometimes doing a a workout. Can anytime you jar your physical body, which you can probably find that a lot of times in your work, when somebody's body has been moved and manipulated, it helps change your emotional state. Very much so. So people often say, I'm so, why do you think you're fucking calm after a massage? Yeah. Right? Because your body has been jarred all around. <laughs> well, not jarred, but uh, soma psychic, basically, right? You're going through the nervous system to treat the brain. I realized this once when I was in such a funk and I was emotionally bleh, And we were at the Orange County Fair. This is many years ago. And I got on a some ride that spun you around like crazy. <laughs> I remember. And I got I got <clears throat> off of that ride like, whew, get that out of my system. And then I was able to emotionally shift into like such a happier place. Yeah. So do something with your senses that help change that emotional current. All gotcha. right. Okay. And then if it's coming to you more in a self-talk place, work with the what if tool or one of my absolute favorites that we haven't talked about in a while is just cancel, cancel. Thank you for sharing. Yes. Cancel, it's cancel. A great tool. It's talking to your fear. It's talking to your inner critic. It's saying cancel, cancel. Thank you for sharing that, but we're actually not in danger. That comes from T. Harv Ecker. I believe mm-hmm. he, that was his first, first person to kind of coin that phrase. But saying something, you don't necessarily have to say things that are overtly positive. Sometimes you just have to say, I'm not going down that route. I'm not focusing on that. No, thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. We're going to choose power. We're going to choose optimism, mm-hmm. whatever. And for again, for more on that, check in the show notes. But that's what I've got for you. The difference between fear and your inner critic and how to work with them. So kind of in summation, it's about noticing the avenue in which they approach you. Is it more through that fear emotional place or is it through the verbiage in your mind? And then work with the entry point. Okay in whatever way suits you the best. So, cool. I think that's everything. Is there anything else you wanted to throw into the mix? I think I've added plenty today. Yeah, you've been great. <laughs> it's been awesome. I really appreciate it's, it. It's a subject I have a little bit of input on. You know, right. There's a lot of things where I'm just sitting back and learning. And this one, I feel like I had some input to do. Well, you did learn about Super Soul Sunday. I, su- I surely did. <laughs> Oprah Super Soul Sunday. I'm sure you're not going to miss it. Just got a big hit. Right? Yeah, that's yeah. right. Oprah just got a big hit from all of our podcast listeners. You're going to binge gonna go. it out. <laughs> all right, loves. So we will see you around the, the – what do I say? See you around these parts next week. It's all that fucking helium. <laughs> see you around these parts next week. Here is to loving and living your most badass life. Mr. and Mrs. Smith, out. <laughs> that was Didn't so work. fake. Didn't work. <laughs>